0: Tyson and Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tyson and Podcast. Tyson and
1: I love the late night. We love him. I love the late night. We love him. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm, he's got the how world in his hands, Hal Lublin. And I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Danda Express, Danielle Radford.
2: Ooh, yeah. Good, good. I, I like
3: it.
1: And it's right night, Lindsay Kelk.
2: It's right night every night. It's right night every night because I keep taking on jobs that I don't have time to do. Let's go! Let's, Let's talk go! wrestling! Woo! I
1: saw the press release. <laughs> And we're fortunate enough to be joined by our special guest this week, all the way from the ringer, it's the Super Nick Parte, Nick Bond!
0: Hi, everybody. Nick,
1: glad to have you here. Welcome.
0: Oh, sorry, I stepped on the intro, but uh, I wasn't sure if it was Jer- Jordan Jesse <laughs> Go Rules, and I had to be quiet the entire time but uh no, you oh, can
2: there talk. are no rules welcome to Tyson <laughs> fights, where there are no rules there are no rules there should be
3: in fact I believe there are some uh we just don't do them and then you get to watch Julian frantically be like you gotta wrap it up yeah you gotta Julian, wrap
2: it up. Uh, Julian is our police chief and we are the cops that have the book but we don't play by the book so welcome
3: welcome yeah.
2: Loose cannons, loose cannons, I'll all have of a us. big
4: internal affairs thing. Isn't that always a storyline that comes up
1: on all those shows? Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah I scored. need your
1: badge or your microphone.
3: <laughs> bell, Bell, you're off the case. <laughs>
1: Nick,, uh, you're getting too close to all of this. Tell us how you became a wrestling fan. Just start us off, like, take us through your journey with wrestling.,
0: uh, yeah, I started watching wrestling at two days home from the hospital. My dad just nice. plopped me right in front of that shit basically been watching ever since um spoiler alert i did not watch for a couple of years during the brock lesnar period but i came Mm -hmm. back to it because i had just gotten tired of like the objectification of women as somebody i like my Mm. my dad and i had a good relationship but i grew up in a single parent household so like the idea that women were being treated as objects was like not even like even as a 13 14 year old was just like this is stupid like i don't like this. So I would stopped watching, but I came back and actually friend of the show, Darren Jackson is one of the main people that got me back into wrestling in college, him and Bill Simmons. So this is just like a real full circle moment for me Is working at the ringer and coming back to this show. I basically haven't stopped watching since sophomore year of college, like literally every single day I've watched wrestling since then. Uh, that's my, I guess, journey. Pretty truncated, but... <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, a lot of us had that same kind of gap too during like the uh, um, during the ruthless aggression era, where it was like, this is just if I have to hear that old ass man say hot lesbian action one more time, I
0: just throw up in my mouth a little bit, but. It's, it's so great. It's just gross. It's not even like yeah. it's not even low hanging fruit. It's fruit that has fallen off because it is rotten, and they're like, "This is delicious." I don't understand why people aren't eating this. And I'm like, "Because I don't want to get whatever you have, like <laughs> whatever brainworm you have." Like I don't want it.
1: You said you watch every day now, and certainly there's enough content just from American wrestling promotions alone that you can watch 900 hours of wrestling, and then it's Tuesday, and you can watch the next show that's on there. What's your watching pattern like? What are you
0: watching? So I watch, So I have a two-year-old, which may come into play at some point during this show, because she might jump down and be sure. like, da-da! Uh, so.
2: <laughs> From the top rope, I assume. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: so I watch Raw and SmackDown for work purposes. I keep up very closely with AEW. I watch all of the pay-per-views, and I watch any of the clips. Uh, I do not have time for international stuff, uh, mostly because I don't have a player play plays New Japan World on that I can like put on my TV so like that's Mm -hmm. just right there Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh I really want to but it's also my agreement with my wife is that like I won't make my daughter watch wrestling literally all the time uh we watch a lot of Bluey (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. and so we watch a lot of 1990s superstars like all the superstars episodes on the network because that's what I grew up on it's it's relatively age appropriate she's two-ish So it's not exactly, like, the best, but I'm like, no, she likes this, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, occasionally when, because we do a routine, we do Goodnight World, we go to each of the rooms and say goodnight to all the stuff, but sometimes wrestling will be on, she'll be like excited and be like, ah, we're watching wrestling, and I'm like, not right now, we gotta go to bed, kid, I'm sorry, but like, tomorrow (laughs) we will. (laughs) My wife does not like that part. She's like, no, not tomorrow. Bluey's fine, Cars on the Road is fine, no wrestling
2: tomorrow. (laughs) I don't know, I feel like wrestling is just as healthy as Cars. really do. Uh, I think you're getting great character development. She's learning how to build a world. Yes. You know, she's learning good guys, bad guys. I, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah, I'll just keep showing her the intercontinental
3: good housekeeping match. Or oh, or yeah.
0: Or no, I definitely, Yeah. definitely <laughs> a thing I'm going to have her watch.
1: It's a perfect way to model behavior that you yeah. want. You, you know, s- be the change you want yeah, to see. Don't in be the world. Jeff Jarrett.
3: Yeah, also yeah, don't, don't be Jeff, Jeff. Jarrett. <laughs> That man just keeps coming back. You just can't you can't keep a Jeff Jarrett down.
1: No. it's too. He's too deep. He's just woven into the fabric yeah. of professional wrestling.
3: It's like when Tyler Perry just shows up in a movie you're watching and you didn't expect him to be there. It's like surprise Jeff Jarrett <laughs> all the time.
1: Always as a lawyer. You are constable. Bring our lawyer in. Here's the barrister. No matter who it is, Tyler Perry's come in. Is there anything in particular, Nick, from this week in wrestling, just a moment that made you sort of smile or happy or reaffirmed what you love about wrestling?
0: Wrestling for for me right now is in the weird space where... I'm working on a bunch of wrestling related stuff. So it's mostly Mm -hmm. kind of processing it. And I do a lot of math related stuff. So I'm like constantly, like literally right now, I'm working on a piece about the differences, the objective differences between Vince and Triple H. And like I'm literally tracking all of the matches for all of the SmackDowns and Raws over the last three months and then doing it again for the previous three months so that I can get like a, a proper sample size. Anything involving Sammy is obviously great. Sammy's our greatest national import Mm -hmm. he's just one of my favorite wrestlers of all time so anything involving him but for for the most part this week it was kind of like this is good they're in a holding pattern it feels like Uh, though I I do and I did remember one thing uh, Finn I'm really loving Finn's work right now he's just having a lot of fun out there and it's kind of it's kind of a joy to watch
4: too sweet too sweet too sweet, too sweet, too sweet. Same old, same old crop. Nobody's ever seen that before. Have they Damien? No, no, no. Nobody's ever seen
2: that. These boys are crazy.
1: So you're, you're running numbers. I love looking at this from, from a mathematical perspective and I know it's something in process, but are there, So there maybe a trend that you're seeing or, or just one data point that you've that you've sort of worked through that you feel comfortable sharing as an exclusive for the Tights Fights audience?
0: I, I've only just started doing the Vince ones because I had to do 23 shows for Triple H. Yeah, Danielle's right. face is what my face was while I was doing it. I was like, oh, why? But the first <laughs> Triple H is like four or five matches, maybe six on Raw, and the first Vince Raw is nine matches, and they're all like six minutes. And you're like, oh, okay. I get it. Like, this is the difference. Like, you look, it's very clear. Less so on SmackDown, because there's so much constraints of time. But Mm -hmm. on Raw, it's three hours. So it's just like this weird orgy of stuff they need and don't need and things flying everywhere, people getting hit in the face. It, It was a lot during the Vince era. And I think the best part about the Triple H era is that he's kind of doing all of that stuff and layering it. And giving individual stories more time.
1: I mean, you know, we're, I think we're still in a honeymoon period with Triple H anywhere where where a lot of stuff feels feels fresh and feels different. And part of that may be because it actually is different. Mm-hmm. And part of that may be because we want it to be different. We want to be free of what Vince had been doing. But also you can see patterns. Like I look at it and go like, oh, he's uh, Triple H is very much bringing things in, understandably, from the era when he rose to prominence. So a lot more factions. Mm-hmm. It's like if the Attitude Era had had actually included women's wrestling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to imagine all of the terrible stuff <laughs> that, that just progressively got worse during Ruthless Aggression or just didn't get better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could say it got worse. It was pretty bad in the Attitude Era. But- yeah, I
3: think it's just like we grew up. And like (laughs) we started maybe noticing patterns where it was like, oh, but this is you've done it before you had again, you had like you had China, you had like all of these things happening. And now it's just back to bras and panties. I think for me, that was the thing where it was like, oh, they tried it and then just decided, no evening gowns (laughs) no
0: put your fancy
2: dresses back on please
3: ladies yeah yeah Yeah. i I mean mean, it's great to wrestle
2: in a a full-length gown i don't know if anyone's i I would never do it any other way i I think it's (laughs) i think it's nice it's classy it's formal it makes things feel important and uh it's fucking dumb and let's not do that ever again
1: (laughs) women's wrestling being treated well in that era was like they stumbled on it like oh i tripped i tripped and when i fell there was a hundred dollar bill on the ground in front of me what made the attitude era great which is storylines for everyone but also the women are prominently featured and equal and just as likely to main event like it's it's less of a shock to people and less of a this is a huge moment when women main event now because it's been happening for a while it's still great but i like the extent to which it's becoming normalized yeah i mean even
2: on the weekly shows it's it's commonplace mm-hmm. now. It's not a shock anymore. It's like, oh, Damage Control are going to main event this week. Or, oh, Becky's main eventing this week. Oh, Bianca's main eventing. It, it, it's so magical to me that it doesn't yeah, even they, feel like a special event. It's just like, We're oh, losing okay. asterisks, and I'm liking it. <laughs> it's it's less of
3: like, oh, this is the first time that this thing has happened. And it's like, really? Because wrestling's been around for like a million years. And it's like...
2: Oh, this is just a, yeah. this is happening. we really ought again. to be first timed out by now.
0: They got, they're getting pretty close. Like, mm-hmm. for extreme rules, it was the first time two women had faced off one on one for a championship in a ladder match. And it was like, yeah. oh, honey, you can just say this is a ladder match. You don't have to do all yeah, that. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> it,
2: at this yeah. point, maybe we don't, we don't brag. have to. It's getting really
3: <laughs> small. Like, it's, 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 it's starting to get down to those things where it's like, if you have to use that many words to describe it, we can just say ladder match. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's also, you have to, it's really important to like contextual that they are a promotion and they're just trying to literally put whatever buzzwords like that's where the corporate like yes, commerce it's part. seo exactly yeah. it's a hundred percent seo and i almost don't begrudge them that i'm like hey, you know what that's fine look at you guys having fun
2: <laughs> I mean, as long as they're doing it, I don't care how they're doing it, yeah. but like, let's yeah. just keep well, doing it.
0: <laughs> I uh, I did the post-show for the Extreme Rules, and I, I was very angry at the time, and I've kind of cooled down a little bit, but that Bianca and Bailey weren't the main event. It was like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, other yeah. than the logistics of the fight pit match and Bray, yeah. those are the only reasons. So I want yeah. them to start main eventing pay-per-views and then have that not be a big deal. Because we're still at the point where, like, I'd have a giant database of pay-per-view. every bit that's ever made entered a entered to pay-per-view, and I do it, like, proportionately. So, like, mm-hmm. although Hulk Hogan doesn't have the most, he has, like, a third of all pay-per-view power because, you know, mm-hmm. he was the pay-per-view for the first nine years. And women have... There's, like, four women on the list total. And, like, that's where you're, like, this needs to change. But I do think that they've progressed to the, like... It's the triple-double-decker match... Thing where it's like we're going to build three cages, and that'll be the first time women have ever fought in three cages at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's
1: a, a marketing adage that I learned from my father, who his his real estate companies they promote themselves as the number one Century 21 franchise in the Greater Philadelphia area, which is not something anybody tabulates. And we were talking about it. He was like, in marketing, if you're not number one in any category, you create a category. And then you're number one in it. And it's the same thing in wrestling. This is the first time that two men have fought on a scaffolding, but one of them was wearing blue for this Uh. particular title in Cleveland. Like one of the oldest wrestling tricks in the book. Everyone, everyone does it. The, yeah, the longest-running weekly episodic television show ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like-
2: Amazon does it, too. If you go on Amazon any given day, you can drill down uh, in the books uh, to the most specific, terrifyingly specific genre <laughs> labels. So basically, it's it, the idea is that if you put... A tiny amount of money into the advertising, which is what they want from you. Is anyone can get a number one bestseller flag from Amazon, it, but you are a number one LGBTQIA plus book about gardening that takes yep. place in Rome. Yep. But they they will. A win's but a then win. you get to call yourself like... an Amazon bestseller. <laughs> <Yeah>. A win's <laughs> a win. A win's a win. So I get that WWE want that too, but I am right there with Nick. I was furious. <laughs> I was furious. About it. I'm like, you could have done the fight pitch first and then fucked around for ten minutes and then of the ladders last but whatever fine <laughs> shut up but yeah no my only <laughs> I justified it to
3: myself because I was like what we don't want to do is have someone sitting on the top of a ladder and then everything goes dark that feels bad
1: yeah
2: I don't want them to die on a ladder that's that was, my yeah, only that was the, the ladder only ladder thing no I one agree died with on everything
3: you've said but then I thought about it because I was a little salty and I was like no because then you'd have to go black out and the only way that you would be able to like really do that is with her still at the top of that ladder because that's how you have to end the pay-per-view and that's not safe
1: well but also on top of that people wouldn't be talking about the ladder match they'd be talking about bray wyatt coming yes bray wyatt coming
2: back then they should have done it first hell then they should have done it first
0: (laughs) 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 sorry to open up a wound
2: no,
1: no,
3: no, no, it's no, good no, Because we didn't get a chance to. Because we did extreme rules. All wounds
2: are open here at all times. It's just whether we're rubbing salt into them or twisting knives. That's the only option. Like, Pools of blood. <laughs>
3: uh, but yeah, it actually hasn't really been able to uh, give his opinion on extreme rules, so I'm glad that this was an open.
1: Yeah, uh, my main opinion is I enjoyed it, and I probably like. There are a lot of matches that people don't like that I li- I like. Carrying cross, I I enjoyed him in his run in NXT. I like him a lot more now. Mm. And the theatricality of him is interesting to me. And him and Scarlet as a package are interesting. Mm. And I also love watching the referee try to pour water in Drew McIntyre's eyes was like trying to feed a horse a pill without any food to hide it in. Like he just mm. wanted to keep the towel on his eyes. Like, no, don't. You need to flush it out. Like, re, like if this were real pepper spray, you would have to flush it out. You can't just, you're just yeah. matching it in.
0: To your eyes. Well, considering the pepper spray um, looked exactly like water, he may have thought he was trying yeah. to hit him with pepper spray again. Would be my guess. <laughs> oh no!
1: You're yeah. pure, You're just pouring liquid pepper into my eyes. No, I've been witch. here before. Don't I know to sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I, I do want to talk about MJF's promo this week. Yes, please. Um, I mean, obviously, we hope Adam Page is is doing all right. He's in what concussion protocol now suffered a concussion during yeah, his match he had a panini. with john Mozzly. i
2: understand he had a panini and he's feeling great yeah. so um
1: but mjf has a promo he says he's going to to cash in for his title at full gear Which feels like a very babyface thing to do to announce your cash in i'm cashing my chip in full gear wow because for the first time look at me when i For the first time in my miserable life, I'm going to earn it. And he went from heat to pop over the course of it because he's, you know, he's really kind of made a living for himself, digging into everybody who's ever done him wrong and the pain that he carries around with him. Right. And ultimately, that can come off as extremely bitter or it comes off as like, I understand, I felt I felt similar to that. I've had an experience like that in my life, and and because of that, I sympathize.
3: I, I, I just think it's the way that he delivers it. It always feels like not one of those things where everybody has screwed me over, so now I'm going to screw everybody over and screw you. There's a little bit of that, but there's also that thing of like, he does – The tweener thing, he's a tweener now. We just got to kind of face that of like, I still have grudging respect. I still respect this thing, but it is my turn and you're not taking it away from me. Um, Especially, I mean, he keeps that up in interviews as well. And I think that that also, um, I think that's also a part of it where in an interview, he'll even say like, look, all the boys in the back and everybody in the locker room, they are really rooting for AEW to happen. The only initials I care about are MJF. But, you know, I stand on the sidelines and I go, go team, go. Like, that's kind of where he's at now. He's he's full on tweeter mode. And I think that part of the reason why you... There's so much happening with AEW right now and all of the drama that I think that part of the reason why you say like, look, this is what is going to happen on this pay-per-view is because like, they're just, they know that right now MJF is really the dude, their biggest draw right now, I would argue. And so you got to be like, yes, no, I'm going to do something cool on this show. Like I promise. So come. And not that they have like problems with numbers, but I think that there's so much like rabble, rabble, rabble about like what's going on, who's going to be where, when are the elite going to show up? Is Punk coming back? And obviously a bunch of news or or, or rumors uh, from Uncle Dave dropped this morning. Yeah, I think that that's why you just have MJF say like, look, this is going to happen just to like butts and seats.
2: He's just so unbelievably over, um, and I, I just wanted—I really wanted to give it props for those two guys pulling off such a powerful and successful promo given uh, the situation. Great. Because I know we were all sat together, or sat on t- on the group chat together, saying like, "What is happening? Is he okay? Yeah. What is happening?" And to to have to pull that off and do it as well as they did, while Adam Page was still in the yeah. ring, like. Oh, I I mean part of me was like take the show off air. When when Taz started talking, I'm like take the show off air. Please take this off air immediately. I feel sick. No, I, I didn't. This. But they did an incredible job of putting that promo together. Uh and yeah, that pop that MJF got when he said, you know, for the first time in my life I'm going to earn this. It's like, "Oh, that's a baby face yeah. statement. He is fucking over. This boy is over. I don't I don't know if he'll ever fully lean into being a face. I don't, I don't think know. he would still be over. <laughs> and did you ever meet a more natural yeah. heel? Uh,
1: Nick, I'm curious what you think of MJF and and that promo, but also we've talked about AEW ad nauseum on this show and how we feel about it. We've all been at different points and then we sort of agree on things. I'm curious what you thought of the MJF promo and then... What do you think of AEW as a whole, as a, as a company, sort of where they are and where you think they might be headed?
0: So it's weird for me with MJF because uh, I grew up on Long Island. I still live on Long Island. So mm. the amount of folks I know that are like MJF is like yeah. really off the charts. Uh, like the only difference between he's from Nassau, i from Suffolk, is that like all the kids around me are wasps. Like that's the only mm. difference is like... He's a dime a dozen for me in terms of the kind of heel he is. Because it's just like all the kids I know are like that. Like all of them.
3: (laughs) Every rich kid I ever
0: knew was exactly like that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So for me, he doesn't really pop me in that way, but he does pop me when he opens up a little bit. He does the like, Mm -hmm. the real stuff really works for me because like when you get to know a lot of those guys, some of them aren't half bad. And, like, I think that's what people are going to notice, but he's from Long Island and we are fundamentally pieces of shit. So, like, he's never not <laughs> going to be a piece of shit. It's just the level, like, who he directs that at is going to be what's mm-hmm. interesting. And I, I think in terms of the promo, I think, A, I think they're pushing the Blackpool Combat Club in a certain direction, I think that Regal's and I love Regal his like tough love thing is just part of his character now. I mean it always mm-hmm. has been, but now it's because he's the guy who taught this guy and that guy and is uh, pro- has proteges and does all this stuff. It becomes a different dynamic than just like Regal was a really great wrestler. It was like really re- Regal was a really great wrestler who taught these people how to hurt other people. So like I think that changes the dynamic and I think that you can push moxley and mjf together because it's going to sound weird they're both natural and not natural rivals so like i'm excited about that because they don't need to fight each other there's not something inherent in one another that's like oh this is of course this would be a blood feud but like they're both two of the best 10 wrestlers in the world so like they're gonna put on a good show because they're good at their jobs so like that's mm-hmm. and I think that that is a lot of what I like about AEW is that like there's a bunch of people who are really good at their jobs I don't like how a lot of the women's division is booked I also do a lot of the AEW post shows and we talked a bunch about like Jade uh Saraya. I want to pronounce it correctly <laughs>
2: Yes. yes, Yes. please do. She will come from. Uh, yeah, Soraya. <laughs> and we uh, love her. Please do Was
0: the We talked about this under the post-show after whatever, I guess it was all out. Sorry, they all blend together. We were talking about well, they need to sign somebody. So Soraya is that kind of person. I want them... I don't like Sam Punk. I like him. I liked him as a per, in ring performer, but for me, I kind of lost it after he went. And I'm not somebody who usually believes this. He lost all legitimacy for me when he went and fought in UFC and got obliterated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like your thing is that you're supposed to be like a real tough guy, and you got beat up in a way that like I don't think I would have gotten beaten up because I wouldn't have <laughs> ever been dumb enough to do that. I hope they've washed themselves of Punk. Hopefully, that's all Lindsay's face. I mean,
2: we could all, I just, I don't, I don't trust mm-hmm. Tony. <laughs> I don't trust Tony. It's Tony's favorite Dolly. Yes, that's uh, what it feels like. he likes like. to play mm-hmm. with the best. Yeah, that's he's what it feels most like. most prized collectible. Yeah, he's like,
0: I got
1: him. And that
2: scares me.
0: And <laughs> Vince and Triple H are never going to get him. And he's my special toy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you made me realize CM Punk, when he was doing UFC, is like when Daffy Duck was Robin Hood. And he keeps trying to swing off of the tree and he goes yoink that away and then hits a tree and then by the end he's like yoink that away and just keeps swinging cannot successfully swing uh to the ground or to another tree from a tree without just smacking into the the trunk of it
2: i just feel like any other human would have had the humility to stop right or at least to afterwards be like well i really wanted to do it and i tried it and I'm proud of, I'm just, proud of myself for it trying best it. For business. But there's not a shred of humility in that asshole. Like, not one tiny little I nugget. I don't do UFC. I want to say, he did all
3: of that training. And I think that as soon as he heard cult of personality, Months. he went in and it all went out the window. Because he leads with the most... It's like this huge, like, wrestling <laughs> strike. And it's like, what? Are, yeah, he's about to hit him with the in time. And then he got his ass beat and wound up looking like Martin in that episode of Martin when he got beat up and he had him put on, like, the big head with, like, all the lumps and stuff on it. It's like, bro, I'm not a wrestler. And I know that you don't go in, or a UFC fighter, you don't go in with, like, a huge telegraphed haymaker and leave the entire
2: side of your body unprotected. I know that. And I don't know Shocked. shit. Shocked that he didn't try and do like a 619. Yeah. You know, like really yeah. surprised. He's like, hey, maybe I'll do the STF. Maybe I'll do a five knuckle shuffle.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, dumb bit. J- I, I, <laughs> I, it. I, jumps, in, I jumps in and starts <laughs>
1: swinging like he's Popeye after having a can of spinach. It yeah. It just doesn't work. Um, the other oh. promo I want to touch on before we go to break is Bray Wyatt making his return to television on SmackDown after... His return to WWE at the end of Extreme Rules. You have the whole presentation. He says nothing, but he blows out the lantern. This time he comes out and is given what appears to be just... Here's an opportunity for you to talk to everybody. Mm. For you to be Wyndham Rotunda and just say thank you. This this right here, this is just me, okay? Yeah, this is a, a version of me that I've, I've never got... To to introduce to you guys before this is just me being me genuine me for the first time (laughs) but then they cut away at the end and you feel like is this part of of the new gimmick or is it just a moment of like hey i want to uh it's like children's theater like you go it's all a show But I'm really glad you're here. And I'm going to be mean for a while. But I just want you to know that I'm glad I'm here doing this show with you. No matter what. It's Meryl Streep on the first day of Devil Wears Prada. Where she goes up to Anne Anne Hathaway (laughs) and is like, I think you're perfectly cast in this. I'm excited to work with you. And that's the last thing I'm ever going to say. And then they go off and and do their thing. Uh, Nick, what was your reaction
0: to to that promo? So, like, as a human being and for Wyndham Rotunda, super. Two thumbs up. God bless him. Uh-huh. As a uh-huh. wrestling fan, I know that
3: side.
0: <laughs> it was like, oh, I don't I don't want to know all that. Like, I don't, like, I really, I do know, like, as a human being, and I, I, I cannot separate that from being a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. like, it was nice to see. I, I think he's a really thoughtful guy who cares a lot about the stuff he produces, and that's really all you can ask of somebody who's, like, putting their body on the line like that. But also... If they played it completely straight it would have been fine, and if they did it a little bit more mm. gimmicked. But the like snap at the end is kinda like, wait, is this are you faking us <laughs> yeah. out? Is this like a double
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry, we screwed over your double yeah, cross. Yeah, like did it
3: break the show, basically.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was the only thing I thought because I was like in tears. I did a small cry. It was an emotional week for Lindsay, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's so fucking sad." He was in such a dark place, and he has babies with Jojo and the tiny horses, and the lady before Jojo. <laughs> but it's so sad. Uh, his friend died, <sighs> and I was very emotional. And then when the well. Like Nick says, when the snap happened, I'm like, "Wait, did I just get fucking worked? Did I just get worked by a very Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, "Where am I?" Um, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, I love it because I don't know what they're mm-hmm. gonna do. But I'm like, "Are we gonna play it?" So that because obviously the, the face that came up at the end was the mask he was wearing, right, mm-hmm. when he came out um, Extreme Rules. So are we gonna have this split personality character again? Are we gonna have? An inter- okay. I know, I know, but are we going to have like this internal battle of, of you know, real Bray who feels feelings like right. an evil Ray? Right? But then that's a dodgy thing to do these days because mental health is important. Um, so he's like, what, fight, fight against his mental health? Right. I don't know. But also like maybe we just never see real Bray again. And then that's weird too, like Nick says, because you broke the illusion.
1: If Wyndham doesn't fight Bray in a junkyard for control of the body... I am done watching wrestling forever.
0: <laughs> Does it have to be a junkyard? Can we negotiate? Yeah, it should be Superman this?
1: 3. It's the oh, Superman okay. 3 junkyard scene. Oh, okay. They have to fight.
2: But if it is, it still needs to have a refrigerator and like a dolly room. Uh, it still needs to have some of the elements of the Randy. You house know what? Throw them house. all in
1: a grind. Like, we got it. Like, look, the demon <laughs> was fun, and the Firefly funhouse stuff was fun. And I think.
2: The fiend. the fiend, you hate fiend. Demon. the demon. I oh, can't stand Finn. the demon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the demon.
1: Uh, the fiend I let lo- See, exactly. No, You're right. No, exactly. No, the there's no, he doesn't,
2: there's no change when he puts it's the gone. makeup on. It's, it's gone. It's gone. Let there's it go. No there's
0: exactly. I, right. I was right. I was right. I see anger in your eyes. I was genuinely not expecting. Like, it's real. I.
1: It really, I hate, oh, it no, bothers me. It, like. The fiend <laughs> was good. And then it was like, Vince. all right, he's had the title. And then he said, like, we've squeezed all the juice out of that orange or lemon or apple or whatever kind of fruit juice you want. Human skull. (laughs) There's none. The human skull. That human skull has been juiced. (laughs) Them not having, you know, him getting hurt or, or, you know, whatever, put on the shelf. But like, oh, I don't know how we bring him back. And now we're stuck with we've painted ourselves into a corner with Alexa Bliss, who now is Alexa Bliss again. But she's still carrying that ugly doll around.
2: She didn't have the doll in our last couple of appearances. Finally, it made me very happy. It still had the doll uh, icon yeah, when she yeah. came out, but she's got a new little shiny jacket, Wait. which I was like, oh, a new shiny jacket. This signals a new direction. <laughs> and she didn't have the doll. Make and that. anytime she does Lily, not have right? the doll, I will cling to it because fuck Lily's Lily, yeah. fuck that doll. <laughs> Make it go away. I can't, I can't say enough good things. I'm hoping that the return of Bray is the end of Lily. I think the two can't exist. Have we ever seen them both in the same space? I don't. I think the two can't exist in the same place at the same time. The same
1: person. That's that's it. Make
2: Lily go away. Go
1: go away, Lily. We we we're we appreciate your service. Again, same with the fiend.
2: Yeah, Lily has go (laughs) home. Like the fiend. The fiend was
1: great for a while, but it got to a point. There's like there's nothing else we can do with this. So now we get another shot at Bray Wyatt. I thought that the original version of him with the rocking chair and stuff. They probably could have done that forever. I think that could have gone forever. I appreciate his need to grow and try different things. He's certainly capable of it, but, you know, we'll see what this new chapter holds.
2: I'm pumped. I'm excited.
1: And speaking of new chapters, we have a new chapter in this episode coming up after the break where we are going to be talking about the Beast Incarnate, who is now the cowboy of our hearts. Brock Lesnar. That's up next on Tights and Fights.
0: Her Majesty served Great Britain and the Commonwealth loyally for over 70 years. And while, of course, we feel a profound sadness, we must remember she lived a long life and died in such a way that I think many of us would want for ourselves. She was at home, surrounded by her family. And, of course, she was listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by
3: Danielle Radford, and Lindsey Kelk,
1: and uh, Nick Bond. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now it's time to give second. one. You had to th- yeah. Look, do you want to <laughs> change so your used answers to
3: this? Yeah, it's just
1: <laughs> you should be uh, you should be happier. You, you're wonderful.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: There you go. Now it's time to give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. <laughs> Anal bleeding.
2: Whoa! Whoa. Oh. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE. Dynamite. I love I hate nuts. On a hard fought victory. I'm I'm live, how? What? what?
3: I just, uh, I, I very much love watching Nick's face during this. It's a delight. Sometimes um. I just
4: wonder if they think of, like I just pressed a bunch of buttons on my keyboard at once and just set off a big fireworks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like that that famous video, like
3: Morning Zoo Radio, it's like the
4: for- famous yeah. video on Fourth of July in San Diego where they accidentally set off all the fireworks. Oh at once my god! Yes, show. I love
1: Best that. Best fireworks show ever. Yeah. That's what this is. Every, every fireworks show is five minutes too long. <laughs> that's like, a funny ah, fact. Okay,
3: we get it. The flower, the this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Oh,
1: ah. I saw that one five minutes ago. That oh, it's now it's again, but it takes longer to. Can we set yeah. these all off at once on the barge again? <laughs> oh, San Diego.
2: Al, I think you're really going to enjoy my upcoming book, The Christmas Wish, which features some fireworks shows. Of course I love it. (laughs) I've already pre-ordered it. Have you?
1: It's
4: like WrestleMania Brock Lesnar. What? There's a terrible fireworks accent. Look it up at WrestleMania 24. Go find it.
1: Oh, I won't, but thank you. Brock Lesnar has been a massive force in WWE since he debuted as the next big thing. These days, he's been the Beast Incarnate, Cowboy Brock, and a multiple-time world champion. I remember his debut, him coming out with Paul Heyman. Oh, what the hell?
4: That's, that's, that's the hottest free agent. Ooh, Brock Lesnar. I don't know who it is, but what's he doing out here? Oh,
0: he's he's just he's destroying ball bodies. Look at this monster. My God, the size of the screen Look at who's at ringside with Brock. Oh, my God. What the hell is that
1: Berman doing here? His match with The Rock where he won the title that was sort of his coronation Mm. as The Rock was on his way out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him injuring Hardcore Holly and breaking his arm. Mm. Like he was just from the beginning. I remember him being like going like this guy legitimately seems dangerous to the people he is working with. (laughs) And I don't know who beats him. And the fact that he wasn't speaking at the time kind of lent to the entire image of him is like. Oh, I don't, I don't even want to imagine what he would say if he spoke.
0: Like, he's scary enough.
1: Nick, do you remember his debut? That early version?
0: As I mentioned earlier, I would stopped watching yes. during the Brock mm-hmm. period. Uh, but when right. Darren brought me back into the fold, Brock was kind of like a ghost. Because this was before mm-hmm. the WWE Network, right? Because we're kind of old. So, like... Was, yeah, exactly. Like 2014 changed everything, but we had to uh, lie, cheat, and steal to get our old wrestling.
2: <laughs> and yeah. It's a relatively short
0: oeuvre for Brock in the mm-hmm. his first run, like, even the amount of matches. He works, like, a bunch of matches one year, but everything else is kind of, like, low. So, like, I... It was bits and pieces. The thing that got me directly back into wrestling was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Bill Simmons wrote an article about, like, recommendations, and one of them was the History mm-hmm. of the WWE Championship DVD set, and that had a bunch of matches that became some of my favorite matches, and one of those was the Brock, Brock match. And I just remember seeing Brock in action for the first time just being like what is that like that's not a person (laughs) that's a monster created to make the wrestles he's such a freak and such like a perfectly constructed professional wrestling character that like Mm -hmm. it was a myth that kind of lived up to the to the hype for me uh though when you were talking about him cutting promos or not cutting promos I was thinking of like let's do this like I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys remember his like
3: his voice the first time you heard it was a jump scare.
0: It's like yeah. the opposite of uh Shawn Michaels, where Shawn Michaels has like a deep he's like, Hey, I'm Shawn Michaels and yeah, yeah, <laughs> Brock's yeah, yeah. like, Hi, guys, like a, I'm Brock, how's it going?
1: <laughs> a deep throat of cottage cheese versus like Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna tell Shawn- you now. I'm a like he's just the muscular the wall is, sounds
4: like a Midwestern Bramble. <laughs> well if you guys like if you guys remember that was the whole reason that they had to bring on Heyman for his like most recent yeah. run is because when he cut a promo as like Brock Lesnar, I'm gonna eat your fucking children, it didn't work. The big bad boogeyman Brock Lesnar's been in your mind, racing, running around, scared. John Cedar, you're scared! Sign the damn contract! And when you hear him now, I think you kinda of get it because Brock seems like he enjoys being kind of cheeky, kind of a jokey yes. joke kind of guy more yes. than he enjoys being it, like. I'm a kill baby. Me. Yeah. He's
3: a cheeky baby. This, I'm sorry. Yeah. That man goes back to the mountain and hang out with Sable and them babies, and you could tell he is very happy about it. So when he comes down and he's like <laughs> I'm suplex city. I'm gonna kill you. It's like, no, 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 you're a very happy man. And so, I think that that's
2: why. And we'll get into all of his different phases the folklore of Brock, one, one might say. Someone has asked for a Taylor Swift uh, era breakdown of Brock's, and I have it ready. I have prepared so don't worry. But don't worry.
3: that's, I think, why he has been, for me in particular, more compelling. his last couple of runs because it's like, yeah, why can't he be a dude who will launch you to the moon, but is also like kind of a little silly baby.
1: Well, I think that's the, the, it's him having fun. He he obviously didn't, you know, whatever his initial two years, he had two years in WWE in that initial run. He comes in um, the July, I think of June or July of, of of 2002 and he's gone his last match is that ridiculously terrible match against goldberg at wrestlemania 20 where you know both guys are leaving you don't care who wins the the only pop in the match is stone cold when he gives them both stunners at the end so he has this run where there are signature matches, him beating The Rock was a big deal. His mm-hmm. match against Kurt Angle is great, even though he screws up the Shooting Star Press and knocks himself out. But they still they still finish it. It's still a good match. Like the entire run with Angle was good, but it was Angle. He also feuds with like the Big Show. I think he feuded with Kane and 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 started feuding with the Undertaker during that time. But yeah, that that star burned bright and then burned out. Right. So so him coming back after. Not making the Vikings, but being a – like, it turned out the guy who was a really good collegiate wrestler was also really good at ultimate fighting. So he has this sort of storied MMA career. If he doesn't have that, if he does the same thing, if he yikes and aways his way through UFC, there's no way he ever comes back. So the, the best thing he ever did for his wrestling career was to leave and be successful at something yes. else that would give him a legitimacy on his return that that very few people have and makes him dangerous he is dangerous the vo- like yeah the the promo like you don't want him talking cuz his promos aren't good once he's in the ring even knowing it's it's a work there, I always have this thought of, like, he's going to legitimately injure whoever he's in the ring with. And it may not mm. be on purpose, but...
2: Because German suplexes just look terrifying every <sighs> time. Every time. Oh, you're going to... Imagine it being you. It's top of the list of the moves I don't want to take. I do not want to be hurled backwards onto my neck. Like, no thank you. Of, of the many, many options that I have, jump mm. off a ladder onto my guts. I'll kick you in the face. Fucking fine. Like, do it. Whatever. My, my belly is soft. <laughs> I will defend myself. But like, do I want to be thrown backwards over your shoulder onto my neck? No, I feel no, like thank you. the first time would be like,
3: wee! And then once he's done it to you five <laughs> times in a row, it's like, can we? We gotta. Can we stop? Right? Like the it's like a big the swing.
0: Odds. It wouldn't even be fun in a pool. Like it's not even like one of those like your dad's throwing you around things. It's like nah, I would.
2: Yeah, or a ball pit. Yeah, it's just like... not fun. And the more times he does it, the more likely you are to end up broken because you are playing against statistics. By the end of a Brock m- match, you're like he's done yeah, it. Hurts it's literally now. like.
3: At the end of the original Avengers, when the Hulk is just flinging spoiler for a movie that came out when you were born, (laughs) when the Hulk is just swinging Loki around, it's like Mm -hmm. that, where it's like at a certain point, like you just, your body is just gonna be like, this is what's happening now, and just go limp. And all of you like, you're only, you're
2: 100% just instinct and training at that point. It's never good when all your body thinks is go limp. (laughs) Like, let me tell oh you, God. as a lady, <laughs> it's never a good thing. Yeah, just, just go, just go, limp. Close your eyes. Think
3: of England.
0: <laughs> that's what's the that's oh my God. That's what makes the craze the John Cena match from the SummerSlam 2014 nuts. Mm-hmm. Cause he, it's the perfect John Cena match too. Cause he just keeps coming at Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar's like, I'm gonna keep throwing you until you die die and he mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> famously my husband's first ever live <laughs> wrestling show that I took him to was SummerSlam 2014 oh, and he fully just sat through that match and was like what <laughs> is this and I'm like that man's gonna try and kill that man but that man never gives up so he's just, he's just gonna, gonna kill him, him as it's gonna uh, <laughs> and then it ended yeah and without commentary it was the strangest experience it's like that guy just killed that guy I'm like Which, I yeah. Get, it, yeah it's hilarious it's a big deal. You don't get because, it, but like, it's a big deal.
3: John Cena carries a towel, but he'll never throw it in. <laughs> he has that towel. But um, I know. But I, I think that that's <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. Where it's like, I never give up, and it's like you literally, your merch is a towel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that drives the next seven, eight years of of Brock Lesnar. Just that moment of him, sort of gloating in the ring, being a bully. Part of the problem with his run was the way he was booked because they gave him the title and then the title disappeared off of television, mm. and we're getting mm-hmm. some of that now with Roman Reigns. He's not wrestling as frequently, but he is more of a presence than like every other month. Brock Lesnar shows up and beats somebody that basically knocks somebody down the food chain, yeah, and then disappears with the yeah. title. Nick, do you do? Do you agree with that? criticism that that maybe ultimately that Brock Lesnar run hurt the title, even if it made for for good character development for him?
0: Uh, So I actually think, uh, honestly, it's the opposite for me. I think Mm. it was a old school version of the world champion that's not on the show all the time. The problem was... They didn't do what they're doing now, which is book mm. the IC title on the U.S. title. I, I, I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago called uh, about Gunther and Lashley, now Rollins. Say consist- the name.
3: Plug your shit.
0: It was a uh, Top Flight. It was. Uh, it's about Gunther <coughs> and Lashley. It's, uh, all my stuff is on The Ringer. Just check it out. Authors, Nick Bond. It's all good. Uh, I, well, I'm not going to go that far. It's all there. I'm not... <laughs> So I wrote about this, that there has been a noticeable shift in the way that stuff is booked in terms of there's a main event title, it's just not the main event title for the entire company, it's the main event title for the show, and that's exactly how they should have played it, and they didn't, because why would you try?
1: Yeah. Now we have Cowboy Brock. Is this the best version of Brock?
0: Introducing a
4: big-ass country boy, weighing 285 coming here tonight to kick Roman Reigns' ass in the last
3: man standing, ladies and gentlemen, Brock
2: Lesnar! I mean, he's the one I want to see. Yeah. Cowboy Brock is, is my sweet baby who I enjoy watching the most. Um, I, yeah, I didn't watch Brock, um, original Brock, OG flavor Brock because I wasn't watching them. Uh, so I never saw that. So when he came back, um, the Beast Incarnate version of him was sort of like, I was super re-established as a watcher I've been watching for years mm. at that point. So for him to come in and steamroller, to me was really weird because I knew him as a UFC guy. So I was like, this is so weird. Like this giant dude is just going to come and murder everybody. <laughs> and it did feel strange. And it, I got that it felt powerful and important. But it wore thin really quickly for me. Heyman saved it because I loved Heyman so much. And like I said, I don't don't enjoy watching humans take a German suplex. It makes me so uncomfortable. Um, But there's a lot of great storylines that I enjoyed. So it was a real mixed bag on the Beast Incarnate. When he came back as Cowboy Rock, when he started talking, I don't think I've ever been quite so surprised and delighted. We get surprised a lot in wrestling, and a lot of wrestling makes me really happy. It's so rare that those (laughs) both happen at the same time with someone who I just really didn't care about. You know, it's either someone you hate and then you love them, or it's someone Mm. new, or it's someone you've always loved and they get a chance to shine that makes you so happy. But for someone where I was like, oh, this guy, to come out and have me be like, well, 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 (laughs) looky here.
3: I think we have some time. Lindsay, Can you just briefly take us through the eras of Brock using Taylor Swift references? So this was requested
2: by the listeners on the internet and by you. And I do think uh, it lends itself quite nicely because you've got the next big thing, Brock, when he comes in. And I think that ties in really nicely with uh, the Taylor Swift album all the way through to Speak Now, Mm -hmm. really, uh, where you're seeing her come into her own and establish who she is. Uh, And then I think, you know, we go away for a minute. And we come back as the Beast Incarnate, which is bang, red. We're coming back with red. We're coming back strong. We're coming back powerful. We know who we are. We're we're steamrolling over all genres. We're just smashing through walls. Then we move into 1989. We're even stronger. (laughs) We're even more powerful than we knew we were. And then I think you move into reputation where you're a little bit like, maybe people aren't loving this quite so much. Maybe it might be time for a minute. Maybe it's time to take a little break. I don't know. But then when you look back, some real bangers. (laughs) Just some really like strong songs, but as a whole, it maybe didn't work quite as well as you thought. And then I think we move into the Lover Era, which is when he goes back to the Mm -hmm. farm. I don't think we saw Lover Era Brock. I think that was a private moment for him, where he just like, yeah, him and Sable, they found out what they love. They found out what they wanted out of life. They had that time together. And then what happened next? Cowboy Brock, Cowboy Brock comes back, smashes us with folklore. We didn't see him coming. It was a surprise <laughs> drop. He's touching his folky roots. We love that for him. He then did it again with Evermore. He I did, did it again. I wish, but he really leaned in even further, and that's when he comes in with a tractor, which I did try and update the lyrics to Reg, to like loving Brock is like driving a tractor into a wrestling ring. But I, I'll do that another time. And now, what do you know? Midnight's Brock. We got Midnight's Brock, and, and I don't know if we know what to expect. Like we didn't know what to expect from Midnight's. I don't know if we know what to expect. from Also, this Brock. we had like the could he might zig, he might zag. We and had the knows.
3: Brock, which was the Red Taylor's edition, uh, where he went back. Yeah, we, we've had
2: we had Red Taylor's, Taylor's version. version when yeah. he came back. That was specifically the tractor. Yes, that was specifically Amazing. the tractor. <laughs> that was Red. Uh, that was Brock. Or, or Fantastic red work, Lindsay. Was literally the tractor. There it match. Is. Yeah, thank you. It, it it felt good. It felt right. That's, We'd be, that's um, definitive uproarious
0: applause, but I don't have that great of a microphone, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, we wanted to know what you out there in the Nation of Conversation thought about Brock, who a Samoa Joe on Twitter said, I very vividly remember one of my first experiences with Brock Lesnar being when he got money in the bank and would carry it around on his shoulder like a boombox. It is maybe my favorite version of him, and I'm being so serious. Yeah, he was. That was. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) When he's having fun, it's a good time for everybody. Mm -hmm. DJ Nerd on Twitter said, Brock did partly bring me back to wrestling with SummerSlam 2014. Hearing about the demolishing of Cena when all I knew of Cena was Cena wins LOL was very tempting and satisfying. Mm -hmm. There you go.
4: Oh, and True. I also, like, I didn't get a chance to add this, but because we've mentioned Darren a bunch, I think it'd be cool to read what he said. Uh, specifically, yeah. him pointing out that uh, Brock Lesnar was the guy who uh, ended the streak. And it kind of cemented him as the ultimate big bad guy and the mythological figure, as Darren call, calls him, of WWE. Which is kind of, I know everybody had their feelings about however how it went down, but it was... Brock did feel different from everybody else, like, for better mm. and for worse. Yeah.
2: You know what that was, Julian? Do you know what that was? That was his shake it off. <laughs> oh. That was the, the big moment when everyone knew who he was. It was very divisive. You couldn't get away from it. Did you love it? Did you hate it? You don't know. You don't yeah. even know, but it happened, you, and it, you can never you, take it away. You you it, you
1: experienced That's it right. one way or another.
2: You know where you were yes. when it was happening. You well, know it. That was his
1: show. Tell shakeout. us your favorite Brock Lesnar incarnation or your favorite Taylor Swift cut, either off the new album or any album. You can do that on our Facebook group, or you can follow us on Twitter, where maybe we're talking about it there. Links are down in the show notes. When we come back, we've got some stuff from wrestling to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Pucks. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her
0: own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast
1: here
2: on Maximum Fun.
0: Tides and Bites podcast. Tides and Bites.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today
3: by Danielle Radford
1: and Lindsay Kelk and Nick Bond. This week we're going to share some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. One, two, three. You're on it. That was sick. <laughs> Nick, you're making it a four count today. What would you like to put over?
0: Watch Bluey. Uh, whenever you get a chance, right. in particular, so I, I, like I said, I mentioned, I wrote an article about extreme rules. It's called "There Are or, the First Rules, There Are No Rules." I also made an emoji chart of all of the gimmicks for the pay per view in like one big chart where like they have different symbols and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but specifically to go back to Bluey, not to. Blow smoke up my own ass. Um, (laughs) Shadowlands is an episode where you learn why rules are important. And they do a lot of really good stuff where it's creative play. And I think that it helps me watch wrestling better because the role playing actually like kind of gets you into that state of mind of the suspension of disbelief, and since it's a cartoon, it kind of just like glides you into it. So like I always feel better. It's almost like a quick like uh, a shot before a dinner where mm. you're like trying to get your blood flowing kind of thing. It's it's a nice like precursor to watching wrestling is uh is Bluey, and then you can watch 1992 su- Superstars, which is what my daughter watches. It's Bluey and Superstars. So
1: (laughs) fantastic. Love it. (laughs) Lindsay, what would you like to put over?
2: I am putting over, she said, I don't know why I made that sound so (laughs) (laughs) exciting. I am putting over NXT from this week. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I don't care for the criticism that people are like, you only enjoyed it because it had main roster stars on it. Maybe so, sir. Maybe so. But I thought it was really fun, top to bottom. Great way to reintroduce you to a lot of the new people. That was one of our big criticisms of new NXT is, I don't know these people and I don't know why I should Mm -hmm. care. They made me care about a bunch of people. They earned themselves a view of a Halloween Havoc this week, which I had not planned to watch. And now I'm going to watch it. I really, really enjoyed the show. I think they have so much talent Mm -hmm. on there, which I had overlooked I will take full responsibility for it. Uh, It was a thrill to see everyone there, to see everyone get so excited. It was a thrill to see that Finn just refused to put his uh, ring gear on (laughs) to walk down to the ring (laughs) with Judgment Day with everyone else in their regular ring attire. And Finn was like, nah. He is robbing us and he knows what he's doing. I'm going to wear my clothes. He knows. He knows. No penis for you. Um, But it was really, really fun. No dick for me. (laughs) No Finn dick for any of Mm us. I mean, that's up to Santa. (laughs) His time is coming. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. If you have a couple of hours to spare between now and Halloween Havoc uh, when you're listening to this or or if you are planning to watch Halloween Havoc, I I think it's going to be worth your time. Shotzi's hosting. Halfway through the NXT show, I was like, There'll Perfect, never be yeah. Halloween Havoc when Shotzi hosted, and Shotzi came out and like, "Well, shut my whole mouth." Here she is. So I am delighted. Cannot wait. Uh, great show on Tuesday. Excited for Saturday.
1: Awesome, Danielle.
2: I'm. I am. Uh, uh, I'm only gonna do two. One is just <laughs> Hangman
3: Page. We love you. Easy peasy. And two is out of all of the things that came out of that match um, between Athena and Jody Threat. First of all, gotta say this. Everyone or I shouldn't say everyone. First of all, I gotta say this. People who are in the know, I I don't I have I'm not up on Joni Threat. That's probably my bad. Have said that like her killing herself in matches is kind of her deal. That's what I've heard from like experts and people who like know her work and know who she is and know what she's doing. The positive spin is that it has gotten people. To be like, have you seen a Joshi match? And then people are like, what's a Joshi match? And then other people are like, have you heard of Bull Nakana? And I'm like, yes! So when you say that we can't do things hard, you sound like the trainers that used to be like women aren't allowed to do strikes. Like, shut the fuck up. Enjoy wrestling. Anyway.
1: I'll give you two things, too. One is uh, what I alluded to at the very top of the show. I'm happy to see L.A. Knight back in a gimmick that works for him. I think he could Mm -hmm. be a huge upside mid-card guy. Like, he should be, maybe get a run with one of those titles, help build people, and get them ready for a main event. That might be where he is in his career. If they put him in the main event, I have no doubt he could handle that as well. But, like, there's just a lot of gas left in the tank there, and Mm. I'm excited to see what Triple H does with him. Now, I-, I like to have a little clip for everybody. At least one of these should have a little clip. And you know the best feud in professional wrestling, not just WWE, but all of professional wrestling has been going on for a long time. We don't talk about it enough. And that's Bailey versus Michael Cole. Yes! So uh, I just it. want a clip of of Bailey during her entrance at Extreme Rules taking the time to run down Michael Cole. So here's a clip of that. <laughs> Fight forever. Clap, 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 clap. clap, clap. clap. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin and Nick Bond. Thank you. For joining us here on the show. Uh, where would you like people to keep up with you? Obviously, they can look up all your work on The Ringer. Where else would you like people to follow you?
0: I guess Twitter, T H E N 1 C K S T E R, The Nickster. Uh, that's that's where I am. You can. It's mostly like weird leftist politics and uh, wrestling. So, yeah.
1: perfect. Uh, you can follow me at Hal Lublin. Uh, Everyone social media, my, my other Maximum Fun Podcast, We Got This with Mark and Hal, is uh, heading towards episode 400. So we'll soon be at the end of our first season. We're still hoping for that second season pickup. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, I think I'm allowed to say I'm involved in the game High on Life, which comes out December 13th. That is all I can say about it. But if you... I uh, don't know about that it is from Squanch Games. Uh, Justin Royland, one of the Rick and Morty creators, uh, made it and it it looks pretty cool. So check it out. Hopefully I'll be able to say more as we get closer to release uh, release, but I can Amazing I am allowed trailer. to say I got clearance to say I am involved in it and that is all. I have clearance to say. Also, Ooh,
2: Squanch it how? Uh you can squanch it you up. can
1: hear my cameo in uh in the season finale. Of Blood and Treasure season two. So look for my cameo there. It's already Dude. out on Paramount Plus. Uh Danielle, what would you like to plug?
3: Man, you're killing the game, Hal Lupin. Just as per usual, watch honest trailers. Everyone was very surprised that we like didn't eviscerate She-Hulk, and it's like, cause we didn't
2: we don't have hate because it's charming because it's charming. Yeah, It was very it charmed up. It charmed people like
3: it's okay if you don't like it. But then but people were like, why didn't you like cut it to ribbons and like hang it over your shed? It's like calm the fuck down. But I do have some cool stuff coming up. If you like watching me on, I don't know if I'm allowed to. T- uh, 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 there's a channel that is not my channel. It's not going to be TTRPGs. Guys, I know you want me on a TTRPG again. But if you like me on things that are cute on another channel, I'm going to be on some of the things that are cute. And I will announce them when they allow me to. And I probably said too much, but whatever. Who cares? Party!
1: Lindsay?
2: Books. Uh, some books. I got some books. A Christmas, the Christmas Wish. Christmas Wish is out so soon. <laughs> the Christmas Wish is out in November. November 10th in the UK. November 15th in the US and Canada. It's out in Australia as well around that time. And New Zealand. On a Night Like This is out now, yeah. in case you missed it, is just 99 pence or 99 cents all over the English-speaking world right now on ebook. I announced my UK tour. I'm touring the Woo! UK. I'm touring mm. the UK. All of this info is on my social media. I was going to say my website, but it's not because I don't update it because I'm so lazy. But it is on my <laughs> social media. You can find it there. Uh, but yeah, I am super excited. I have so much stuff coming up. Tons of stuff, and it's all good. Yes. I usually have a wrestling nod. Yeah in my books Mm -hmm. and I forgot to make this one a nod and just made it a full slap in the face because (laughs) I had used a a last name of a wrestler and I had a different first name and then my editor was like, can we change the first name? I don't love the way it flows. So I changed it to the wrestler's name without really thinking about it and then didn't change it back. So (laughs) if you like wrestling, there is a character in *The Christmas Wish* with a wrestler's name. I
1: saw Jim Duggan. Um,
2: yeah, I can't wait to watch him find love. Uh, yeah. The love interest, Bruno Sammartino. But <laughs> I'm very excited for you all to enjoy the main character, sensational show. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's all there, yeah. And uh, so, if you like wrestling and Christmas and families and kissing check out the Christmas wish outside
1: soon. Our producer is the pun away. Julian Burrell senior producer at maximum fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music. So we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the max Fun members that keep this show going and please keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. Those are in the show notes. That's also where you can find the official tights and fights t-shirt. Don't buy any of those knockoffs. We'll be back next week for more. You guessed it. wrestling.